Hey, this is Stevie. Hey, it's Hethel, and it's Apologies Now. It is Apologies Now, and, and we have a, tell us about our, our guest, Yeah, Hethel. yeah, no, we got a great guest, but Dr. Jamie Graham that I work with uh, is one of our senior docs, and, and, and I work with him all the time, but he, uh, I, my, I, I believe you lived through the Civil Rights Movement. Dr. Graham. I did. Yes. You know? And uh, that's a, it's an interesting word that you use, live through. Well, <laughs> because it, it was it was, not everybody it was did. something. You, you might well, not have. well, you know, it's not to make jokes of something that was more tragic than probably people realize, but um, it was a challenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, anyway. Well, we, uh, you and I talked about doing this a long, long time ago, and then we, we took a we took a big hiatus, and it was the right time. Um, I, you were talking about why your name was Jimmy. Let's talk about that real <laughs> okay. quick. Well, um, my mom, I guess it must have been about three years ago. We were. Um, my mom is fifteen years old than I am, so she's always been to me like the older sister right. I never had. So. Um, we would do a lot of things together, especially you know when my dad died about five years ago. So we were we were uh, we were going on a trip, and um, she we started talking about some things, and I, I'm not really sure how it came up as far as my name, um, because my youngest son his first name is Jimmy, but his middle name is Judah, so he's not a junior. But I wanted to continue the name. The name, sure. So um, my mom said, um, well. Yeah, you know, we, we named you, come, you know, I'm first firstborn. And um, I said, yeah, I said, I always wondered why you didn't spell my name with an I-E. Because the person that I thought that I was named after was a female. And her name was Jimmy, J-I-M-M-I-E. And she yeah. said... Who is this person? My my aunt. Okay. Okay, that's my Her aunt. sister. My, my uh, no, no, my dad's, uh, my dad's, uh, well, my great aunt. It said that way. My my granddad's sister. Got it. So she said, no. I said, what do you mean, no? I mean, I spent Your whole life. Uh, <laughs> a lot of decades thinking that I was named after that side of the family. Right. Matter of fact, I, I had used um, Trailer, which was my grandmother's, my dad, you know, my dad's mother's uh, maiden name. As like, for example, when you have to do a cap or something sure. on, a, on a password, I used T for Trailer. Right, because I thought that's where it was. Well, that was not the case. I said, no. She said, no. You were named after Jimmy Andrews. And I'm saying, who is Jimmy Andrews? She said, your Uncle Jim. See, we were we never called him Jimmy. I say. We always called him Uncle Jim. So he was he was never Uncle Jimmy to us. He was always Uncle Jim. Gotcha. So I'm thinking that, wow, all these years, I'm thinking I'm named after my aunt. Oh. And after I'm named after my mom's favorite uncle. Right. And his name was Jimmy Andrews. So that's where the, that's where the name comes from. Well, I wanted to talk to you as much as you would recollect and want to talk about your childhood. You've told me that you grew up in Atlanta. Yes, I did. And I don't know the your formative years came around the civil rights movement well it was it was kind of in the middle okay. of the civil rights movement the civil rights movement actually started in the 50s and you know i was i was not you know i was i was not that old at that time right I was, right. I was a, what i call a youngster right and um what 
what people don't understand, and I guess sometimes when you're looking at something as far as coming up at a particular time, and, and again, I didn't, I didn't know, and I'm, I'm sure that most people at that time didn't realize the, the historical aspect of that time for the United States and, and what was going on at that time in the United States. Um, when, you, when, you, when you're in a situation where things have been a certain way for a long period of time, then sometimes people don't understand that's all you know. Right. And for me, as a child growing up, and actually it, it was not, I was born in Atlanta at, uh, and I got an interesting story about Grady Hospital, okay. Grady Memorial Hospital. You, you were born at Grady? Yeah, but see, nobody, no, most people wouldn't understand that People my age or my generation who came up in the South in the 50s, 60s, and, and into the 70s, we never we never called Grady Grady. It was called the Grady's. And the reason why it was called the Grady's was that if you look at even the renovation work that they've done to that hospital the last 20 years, Grady Hospital is a mirror image of itself. Huh. What that means from a standpoint of, of Jim Crow segregation and things like that it's, it's supposed to be separate but equal. Right. But even though it looks externally like it's separate but equal, and I interned, I did my internship residency and, and uh, fellowship there at Emory Affiliated Hospitals, which included Grady. Sure. Um, is that it's it's an it's a exact mirror image of itself because one side is AB. AB side was for people of European descent, white people, and then black people went to the CD side. Okay. Okay. And believe me, they, Sep they, they, separate doors. No, it, it, big hall, long hall okay. in between it. If you ever get in Atlanta, you look at it, you can see it. Even if you pull it up, like on the internet, okay. you can see that Grady is a mirror. That you know, the the, the foundation of Grady. Okay. It's uh, even though they've done some things to modernize what it looks, it's a mirror image of itself. So, um, when I was born at Grady, black women could not deliver babies. In, in in the OB suite. So they had a tent, literally a tent, in the back of the hospital for black women to deliver babies. So actually, I wasn't born in Grady. Right I was outside. born in a tent in the back of right Grady. Right outside. Yeah. Okay. Man, that was the way wow. it was. So the OB suite was on the AB side. When, when the were you born? Side the, 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 AB, yeah. the AB when side. When were you born? 1949. Okay. I'm 74. Okay. I know, I know. I'm a young 75. You I get all very, of that. very, very. Well, very. I... You know, I tell, I tell people I'm the healthiest human being I know that's over 70. Right on. And, 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 or Power 60, to you. <laughs> Power to you, brother. No medication. And, you know, I know that's genes. You know, and I appreciate, you know, my, my family tree, and I traced it back. So I know pretty much what I am. Sure. And uh, it kind of surprised me a little bit, but uh, maybe that's another conversation. Well, but that was way, the way Grady was. Okay. Black women could not use the, um, the delivery room. At Grady, there was only one. Okay. So they couldn't use the delivery room. So they they had to deliver in basically, again, what was, was a makeshift tent. And then they would take the mother and the baby to uh, the floor. With the, anywhere on the floor, on the CD side, uh, was, um, was okay. Now, again, because later on, I came back and did my internship and residency there. 
even then, and this was in the seventies. Isn't that great though that you came, you did your residency in the same hospital that you were born in a tent behind? That's nuts. Well, it, it's it's an interesting <laughs> to me. To me, it's an interesting story. And if I share it, you know, people normally have you know that's very interesting. You were born in a tent. Well, that tells you to me the sadness. Well, I was conceived in a car. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I'm not going there because because I you know where I was conceived. Uh, you know, I don't know. I doubt if it was Might a car. Been a tent. Well, no, no, I knew it wasn't a tent. But but it's it, it says something about the time, right? And I think that you know we can you know we can um, we can talk about this. And what I'll try to do, uh, as far as what whatever amount of time that we have uh -huh. is, I'll keep it as light as I can. But I want to make sure that you understand there's nothing light about it. Uh -huh. That one human being is treated differently just because. They don't look like the other person. Sure. And see, and that's and that's part of part of the problem with dealing with race in the United States, but basically race anywhere. Do you think it's gotten any better since then? Really? Has no. it gotten better? No. It's just different. No. It, actually, what it is is actually gotten worse, it's and it's gotten different. worse. And let me explain to you why. Uh -huh. It's gotten worse because in the in the 60s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, and, and again. You, you had, you already know where not to go. Right. You already knew that if you're going to order from this place here, that they had a little window in the back where you could, um, you could order. Okay. And it's, and basically it said, uh, for colored only. Okay. Or something like that. So you already knew what the ground, you know, the, the rules of the game. The were. Jim Crow laws. Yes. You, you already knew that. So sometimes people lose sight of the fact that when you're brought up a certain way and you've already been indoctrinated to know that, okay, you don't go in this community, you don't uh, do this, you don't do that, then what happens is you you accept that as the way it is. Right. I think of anything, the civil rights movement, and again, I can remember it like it was yesterday, is that for my, for my grandparents especially, they were absolutely terrified of what was going on. Why are these people sitting in? Why are they demonstrating? Because I was in, I was basically, we didn't have middle school. Mm -hmm. I was in elementary school. 63. Uh, well, I was, in, I, was, I was in eighth grade. Uh, and you know, all of that time, the, the, the time part of it, um, it, it, it's, it started actually in the 50s right. into the 60s. And it intensifies when, it intensified when, um, uh, Dr. King yeah, became the leader right. of the uh, civil rights right. uh, movement, mm -hmm. and so it was. It was beginning to start, and you got to understand my grandparents, the way that they were brought up. They they basically feared white people, right? Because they they just they they had seen so many things that happened when someone crossed that line, right? For example, um, if we went someplace where there are water fountains. It was always strange to me, you know, because I the water looks the same, but one was colored, and other one was white. That's nuts. <laughs> but but that was the way that it was. You could not use public bathrooms, and so what you had to do, you had to plan for things like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's even no even traveling. I'm sure well, traveling. traveling is a whole different was a whole different. I just story. can't even imagine. <laughs> well, it depends on where you were going. I know. That's what yeah. I was wondering. Yeah. How, how does how did a black family travel? It's called it, it's called bushes trees. Uh, things like that because you have to go to the bathroom in the right. woods. Now, 
Now, where I was brought and eating, up, and I mean, well, eating is a, eating. You can always find food places. Okay, but you just have to know that you're not going to go in there and sit down and eat. That's gotcha. not happening. Okay, that's uh, just a, that's beyond comprehension for me today. Well, and it's just it's just it hurts me in my heart well, that concept. Well, I think if you understand that if something has been a certain way for then you're just of years, the way it is. That's the way it is. You know, one day I remember having a conversation because I do a lot of. I love history. Mm-hmm. So I've had an opportunity to look at a lot of different things as far as what it, you know, what it means. And I do this sometimes. If I was 21 uh-huh. during that time, how would I be knowing how I am now? Right. Well, <laughs> I probably wouldn't make it very long. Be in trouble. I'd be in trouble. But see, I would, wouldn't would be like me as far as, as an opinion or standing ground, or trying to stand up for what, excuse me, what's right, because that wasn't what I was taught to do. You know, I was taught to kind of walk away from a situation. Because think about, it, I mean, you you have probably never in your life been in a car and been pulled over and be pulled over by the police, and you are terrified that you may lose your life. By any certain move or anything and that you do. And that's today. No, no, no. It's been, I mean, it was worse. I'm sure, but yeah. that's even today. Though. Yeah, but it's the same thing today. I mean, it, you think about it, it's kind of silly. And we kind of, you know, and I think that uh, we can go um, with something like this in a lot of different ways. But when you when when, when, when you get when you get pulled over, he's done something wrong. And I, it's not even the, the point. The right. point is... Why, profiled, as, as, a, as an American, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not a person that's not less of an American because my ancestors came from West right. Africa. Uh-uh. So I am putting my hands on the top of whatever <laughs> you know. You can't, you know, you don't want to have anything shiny uh-uh. or no sudden movements, mm-hmm. nothing. Yes, sir. So, so what you what you learn is how to adjust to the system that you were born into. Right. That's, that's all I'm saying. Dr. Ramp, one thing you mentioned earlier, <clears throat> I think what you were saying is that if you were 21, your opinionated 21 version through all this, you would have gotten in trouble because you would have had the wherewithal to speak up what you were thinking versus being treated yeah. earlier in your life to say, hey, walk away from a conflict instead of engaging it. Well, see, sometimes is, you can't walk away. Sure. Um, because the, 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 the conflict comes to you. Right. Well, my, my question is, your parents, uh, your grandparents, you were saying, were uneasy about the movement because of the fact that why are these people protesting peacefully and all that? Were they worried about the fact that why is there why why are we stirring this up? I've got yeah. a certain way yeah. of living. Yeah, they, I they, know how to live right. this way. Why are we stirring this up? Well, I think I think they were comfortable with the way things were. And now the reason is, and, and, and again, it's, think about what it is makes, it may not make any sense to you. They don't want to stir white people up. Sure. That may, do, does sure. that make sense? In right. other words, don't, don't, don't make them mad. Right. Uh, just, you know, just kind of like, let, just, let just, it be just, in yeah, going. But yeah, complacency just, is just as bad. Well, it's worse. Yeah. But when that's all that you know, and right. you've, you've lived, safe. You, you've lived to be whatever, you know, whatever made age this you far, are, yeah. then you, you know, you, you, um, it's an amazing it's it's an amazing thing to understand uh, and, and to look at to talk about mm. and people really don't talk about these kind of things anymore mm. because either people don't want to talk about them because 
well, you know, that's in the past and let's move on. And, 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 I, and I, I believe we do need to move on. But the truth of the matter is, is that unless we have an idea of where we came from, it's hard to understand maybe completely where we are today and then where we're going to go from today. History repeats I mean, I, got, I literally have hundreds of stories about things that, uh, that I dealt with growing up as a young person mm -hmm. in metro Atlanta, uh, situations that really now even more so makes no, make no sense. Mm -hmm. it, just, it, it was just the time that we lived in. And so you grew up in this time where, okay, kind of look the other way, disengage, try not to engage at all. And now the world's changing very quickly where the older youth, the grown men, the women are saying this can't continue happening. And now we've got protests, marches. Did that end up changing your, because you kind of came of age in that environment. If I'm doing the timeline right, I think yeah, that, I you, think it came to a head well, in the early sixties. Well, yeah, in the, in the uh, early the, 60s the, the civil rights movement picked up uh, in the middle sixties. Yeah. Um, when well, I when I um, I can I can move it I can move it forward a little bit to now I've gone from the little sh little shack tent in the back of Grady <laughs> to being accepted at Emory right uh, from high school. Now Emory for me. And again, that's that's really that's a year before Martin Luther King was assassinated. Right. Because he was assassinated in, in April of, of 1968. And so I was a freshman at Emory. Mm -hmm. um, I was basically headed towards my sophomore year at, at, uh, at Emory. And Emory for me, again, you, you, you got to think that even though um, things had changed some because of the civil rights Laws, mm -hmm. uh, the, the the new command, the new commandments, no, commandments, <laughs> well, amendments, yeah. the United States Constitution. Yeah. Um, you know, equal housing, right. and the, you know the the hardest thing mm -hmm. that to get that President Johnson had to try to get through was actually voting right. rights. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so what happened was that was the time that I was a freshman at Emory, about a year before okay. uh, Dr. King was assassinated. So all those things like uh, the marches. Uh, his um, his speech uh, in Washington, right. I believe it was I believe it was 1963. Uh, all those things were happening really while I was in high school. Right. See, I can remember um, w the day I was at Emory when the, the announcement came that he had sure. been, that he had been shot and he had died. That's in 68. 68. And now I remember because when I um, when I, I it was uh, it was in I was in a dorm my first mm -hmm. year. And um, we walked into, you know, I kind of walked into the, the TV room, okay. and it was downstairs in the in the in the dorm where I lived, and heard all this this yelling and cheering and stuff. You know, I'm thinking they're watching some kind of ball Sporting game or something. Yeah, sure. No, they were watching the news accounts of Martin Luther King being dead. So was cheering. This was, this was not a they were cheering. This was not a segregated dorm then. I no, no, no. It wasn't. I okay. had a black roommate. Okay. But um, it was it was integrated. They didn't, they didn't have segregated. Sure. Um, um, and I'll tell you. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm very uh, curious about that. I am I'm going to tell you a roommate story in a minute. But it was unbelievable to me that people could cheer that would do that. That's just, I mean, it, it didn't matter to me whether, you know, the race of the person. And see, one of the things about me. pure bigotry. 
Well, one of the things you got to understand is, see, my parents, in spite of the circumstance that I was born in, the situations that I was born into, see, my parents never taught me to hate. They never taught me uh, to, 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 to hate a person just because of how they looked or right. how they treated me. They never, they, never, they, they never did that. So I never had uh, a situation where, uh, where what was going on um, caused me to hate a person because they were lighter than me. You were right. confused. Now, there was enough situations that I dealt with that it would have been very easy right. to, to go that, to that point. Now, um, that was a hard pill to, to swallow because a lot of those guys who were in there were guys that we played ball together, um, I mean, we're in the same dorm, and it was it was hard to imagine that they were. And it was really when I walked in, and they and they saw me. All of a sudden, everybody was, you could have heard I don't know a feather drop in there. Mm. I, I don't know what they were thinking. I was getting ready to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm coming out with a gun. I mean, you know, I'm not a gun guy, but uh, you know, they they. But I, the, the guys that were there, I, I would not, from my relationship with them, have thought that that would have been something that they would have been cheering about. Well. That was that was the real. That was a real moment for me. Sure. Wow. Now I either let me let me go back. Uh, that was my that was the that was the almost the that was the, the summer. I mean the the spring of my first year at Emory. The first day that I was at Emory, and my story with Emory, and I just I'm very thankful uh, to God that I had an opportunity to go, because. I wanted to go to Howard University in Washington, D.C., you know, historically black college. Right. Matter of fact, my best friend from high school, we had already been accepted. We, um, we already had, uh, we, we had been assigned rooms, and we were going to be roommates in college. Only problem was I had applied for financial aid, but because my dad and my mom were living together, they said that my dad made too much money. Now, my dad had, at that time, I think there were, my dad had six kids. He brought home less than $100 a week. So I'm thinking, man, how poor do you money. have to be in order to get, like, you know, a scholarship for, you know, yeah. like a need scholarship? Uh, and they didn't have the loan programs right. like they have now. So um, I remember about three weeks before I graduated, because I only applied to one school. Cause that's the only place mm -hmm. I was going to go, and 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 the thing about it is, if I had gone there, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys right. now because I wouldn't have, I would have never gotten to medical school. Right. Howard is is a great school, but it's known as a party school. Right. And and um, I don't know how my party side would have survived four <laughs> years there. Wide open. But, well, yeah, yeah. So so what happened was my um, and now again, no faxing. No texting, right. no email, snail mail, snail mail. Okay, this is this is like real life kind of stuff. So, my uh, my counselor, her name is Cohen. Uh, she actually, uh, when I when I came back and went to private practice, she was one of my first patients. Okay. Wow. Yeah, you know, and and things like that, just you know, because around comes around. Yeah. So so she said. Uh, so was she black? Yeah. Okay. All the teachers in my school were black. There were no white teachers in my school. At Emory? No, 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 no. I'm talking about high school. High school. High school. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting up to my first okay. well, day I see, at Emory. I, I see. Okay. So, um, you know, this might, we might need part two, three, four, and five. Yeah, this, well, I, I definitely, know. I want that. Yeah. 
I was hoping you could sit further at the mic. Okay. Yeah, All right. Sorry. What do you need for I know. me to do? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's just I, I want to catch this. I'm back. We want to hear. Thing is, Mike, I don't, Mike, I don't Mike, like kissing microphones. You want to grab it? But don't back. kiss it. But just and get, get close to, to it. You know, because, well. We want to hear what you're saying. I'll give you a I want I want you to hear what I'm saying. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. So, or, you can, or you can hold it like, okay. like I'm doing, if you want to just close no, it. Up. No, 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 I'll, I'll, right I'll just get closer. I'm fine. Is that bad? Is, yeah, I'm good bad. now? 100%. Okay, so um, about three weeks before I was getting ready to graduate, I want to let you know how tight this was as far as what was going on. My my counselor, senior counselor, Miss Cohen, she got a call from Emory. And basically what Emory was asking Perfect. was, do you have any students that might qualify Emory, and maybe, you know, I, I don't know academically what it is now, but Emory was considered one of the top schools, not just in Georgia, still but, is. but in the country. Still, still is. is. And so um, I never even considered Emory. And at that time in, in Atlanta, a metro Atlanta, Emory was, Emory might as well have been in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, because it was, it, it's like country or whatever. It's built up now, but I might as well be going to school in Alabama. It wasn't proper. Right, it wasn't. Right. I would have to, you know, it's it just getting there was a challenge. So anyway, so uh, Ms. Cohen, when you get a call from your homeroom teacher as a senior and they say, you need to go to the counselor's office right away, <laughs> that's not a, that's, that's not something that where they're going to say, you know, Jimmy, you know, I, we really appreciate you being here <laughs> at Price High School and we want to just make sure we're getting this rushing graduation that we don't tell you that. <laughs> So you're thinking, my mind's thinking, what did I do now? Yeah. I mean, I, I did some things, yeah, but, I it, it was, <laughs> but, you know, I thought I had gotten away with all of that. But anyway, so I went to her office and, <laughs> and she said, Jimmy, I need, I need to share something with you. And I'm thinking, uh, okay, you know, he told on me or something. You know, she said, she said I, I, I talked to Emory and, um, and I said, Emory? She said, yeah, Emory University there in Decatur. She said, they're looking for students. And I went over your, you know, your record with them. They're very interested in us doing an application for you to go to Emory. I said, I don't want to go to Emory. She said, I understand that you might not want to go, but this might be a better opportunity for you if you want to go eventually to medical school. Right. So I sit there in the office and we filled out the application. Now, I don't know how they got the application to her. Unless she, you know, I don't remember that part of it. And fill the application out. It didn't take very long. You know, they already had their pictures and stuff like that that they keep on file at, sure. at the at the uh, at the high school. A week later, I got an acceptance notice from Emory uh, into their into their freshman class for full scholarship. Wow. Now I don't know how they expedited that, but they did. Right. And the only the only thing the only um, Stipulation was that because my math and most uh, black kids, their math and English scores, especially math, were lower on the SATs. Uh -huh. So what I what I had to do was I had to go to Emory during summer school and I had to make certain grades, and then basically that would then trigger everything being a full four year scholarship. Was Emory difficult for you? Well, let, let me get to the first day. Okay. First, this this, this <laughs> is the first I'm day pushing, that I'm, I'm now, pushing you already. Again, I, I, I had never, ever been in a situation that was integrated. Never. Okay. I mean, because that was not the way it was. Wow. So the first day I was at, you know, the first day I was in, my parents took me out to the, to the campus. I never even seen the campus. 
Never. I, I didn't. I mean, I wouldn't even know how to get there at that time. Jimmy, was that considered a progressive place back then? That it was mm. all integrated. No. What they were doing was they they had a they had a um, a mandate from the government um, with all the things that were going on with you know with civil rights and stuff like that that they had to increase the number of minority students. Okay. At Emory, no, they were going to lose grants and stuff. Ah, okay. This was this okay. was right before, if I remember correctly, um, a lot of the things that they were able to do at Emory was because of Coca Cola. I see. And yeah, the yeah, Chandler, yeah. you know, in right. the Chandler family. Right. This was like kind of sort of before that, if I Got remember it. correctly. Okay. And I want to get my chronology right. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, I mean, and I I discussed it with my parents, and they looked at me like. I, I, it was something wrong with me. Like I was questioning that, like whether I was not going to go to Emory. Right, you're going. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what my dad said. So anyway, so my first day there, they took me out. I had this Louisiana little Foot Lockers. Mm -hmm. Probably you don't. Have you ever seen? Well, you probably don't see them now. But they they're called little metal little metal yeah. Foot Lockers, maybe as wide as the desk that I've, we're I've sitting seen at. Foot Locker at the yeah. Mall. Okay. No, <laughs> not 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 the shoe store. Um, but but it had but it but it was about this it was about you know this deep my about maybe two yeah. two feet or so and whatever uh, the length and we you know everything that I had you know I was able to put it, put that in there so um, first day I was at Emory I go to my room I mean I couldn't I mean I'd never had a room by myself because you know I had brothers and sisters sure. and you know for that matter five um, of them huh five of them. Well, one was a girl, female. Uh -huh. So we, you know, it was three of us, the three oldest boys. We all slept in the same bed. It was uh -huh. a twin bed. Wow. So, <laughs> and, and, and so uh, it was the first time, like, I'm thinking, man, this is this is nice, you know. And so this this this, this, this guy, this white guy came in with his family. They were, you know, they are very cordial. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh. Why is he here? Well, no, no, no. I, I knew I was going to have a roommate because okay. they, you know, they, they, they don't use it, all the dorm during the summer for sure. that summer school. Right. So, you know, we have a, a casual conversation. They were sharing with me. They're from Young, uh, uh, Young Harris, Georgia, which is North Georgia, North Central Georgia, up in Blairsville, that area up in there. And, uh, you know, talked a little bit about we were going to be pre-med and that kind of thing. And so... I said, you know, I'll see you guys later. I'm going to go see. I never seen the campus, so I was going to walk around the campus. Well, when I came back, all this stuff was gone. Okay. All the stuff was gone, and I didn't know why. I just knew now. I had a, I had a, a room, and the room was probably about the size of the room we're in now, and I didn't have to have a roommate. Later on, I found out that his parents had take had taken him, everything that they brought with him to the housing office and said, my son's not going to stay in the same room with one of them. Wow. Now, fast forward four years. The guy is now an intern. Well, no, eight years. I'm sorry, eight years, because that would have been four years of college. Right, medical school. Uh, four yeah, years cool. of medical school. He now is an intern at Grady, where I did my internship. So were you ahead of him? Or? No, we were in the same class. So you we were, were also class. an intern. Yeah, okay, great at it. the same time. Okay, and I remember, um, like, just you know, just kind of like staring him down. I remember you, and, and, <laughs> uh, and um, you know, it was interesting because you you could see he never he never apologized, never. He never said, you know, my parents. I'm not like my parents or anything like that. You know, it it. it I was thinking if it, it, it wasn't important to him 
um, because there's no way he can forget that sure, day. Sure, sure. The same way, I, I would never forget that day. I'll never forget this story. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was my first day in an integrated situation in school was being told by someone that their son was, their son was better, they were better than I was. Now, that didn't necessarily change for the whole four years I was at did that put Did that put fire in your ass or did you already have it? Oh, uh, no, because one thing that I, I had learned already, and I didn't understand it the same way, and the words that I use now are a little bit different. Uh, I did spend some time in the Navy, so I do understand sailor speaking. speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but you understand Navy speaking? Yes, I do. You taught me some a little bit. Okay. I, I teach, okay. I teach okay. you right I, I, know, I, know, I know a lot of sailor words. <laughs> but it, it, it basically, when I was at Emory, and, and I was the first black student to graduate from Emory with a degree in chemistry. Okay. okay? Wow. So... When you are dealing with, and, and, it, and it really wasn't so much, the, I, I don't think the majority of kids who were at Emory that they had a problem with black kids being there. I mean, it still wasn't in the whole, I think Emory may have had 1,500 students then, uh-huh. maybe 2,000, including graduate school. And there were 15 of us. Uh-huh. So it wasn't like we were like hundreds. Sure. And, and it wasn't something where we were, um, you know, we, we were... Um, you know, wearing leather jackets like we were Black Panthers or something like that. It wasn't like that. Our our interest was one thing, and that was staying in school and graduating. Right. Just like the same, the same, yeah. the same as it was for them. Right. Uh, I got a little more militant my my uh, my my senior year because partly because of some of the things that were going on on campus, and me and another guy would say, you know what, we're not gonna we're not gonna put up with this anymore. They had what was called Old South Day. Yeah. Oh, Emory County. You ever heard of those? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They still okay. have that kind of okay. stuff. Okay. It's they? called, the fraternity call was, it was called KA. That was the name, you know, Kappa Alpha. Kappa Alpha. Yeah. That was the name of the fraternity. And they would literally ride around the campus with we, Confederate uniforms right. on. And they would have their antebellum ball at their fraternity house. Right. Um, and it was so, to me, so disrespectful to what was going on at the time. This still happens? Yes. They probably do. Yeah, yes, the problem, they, they call it. They call it. Knows what I'm talking. Absolutely. It's called Old South Day. The guy was named Larry Palmer, and he was the first black Makes student me Ill. Yeah, to, I didn't know to, to integrate yeah. the fraternity system because the fraternity systems in the South they had rules, laws in their charters that said that certain people are, could not be members. Okay. Okay. He 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 joined the fraternity. We were recruited because we were athletes, and we we knew. I mean, we had enough sense to know that. But the thing is that there were two fraternities. The one that he joined was a was a Jewish, you know, was a Jewish fraternity. Uh, the one that I joined was not. They would not allow us. The Emory administration would not allow us to have black fraternities and sororities on campus because they felt that would make the situation worse. Now, that you uh, would decades, gather, that you would well, it would it would it would. It would splinter the, the, the student body even more than what yeah, it was all fifteen, of. all fifteen. No, no, no it really was more. It was, you know, by the time I was a senior, it was more than fifteen. Oh, okay. Wasn't much, I was saying all fifteen was a, was a much more, <laughs> was much more than twenty. Right. You know, twenty. But but there were more. But they didn't. They, they didn't want to go that way. One mm-hmm. of one of the guys who was our counselor actually became uh, a city council person for the city of Atlanta. But he was in law school. And so he has a part-time job. He became the the, um, the senior counselor uh, for blacks there at um, uh, at Emory. So what 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 you what you what we decided to do was that we were going to stand. I tell you how crazy 
You know, you, you can have a lapse of sanity when you're a college student. Uh -huh. It wasn't drug related, right? But it could have been, right? Uh, but it wasn't. We decided that we we're going to make a stand against that, right? Good. And so, actually, what? Well, you know, right. they could have probably if they just, you know, if they were on the horses, you know, they could have just brought the crosses. You, you, know, you know, well, no, 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 no. They could have just ran over us, right? Maybe nothing would have been done. I don't know, but we made it clear that we were not gonna we're not gonna allow that again on the Emory campus them you know like uh riding horses around i'm not talking about two or three guys right a bunch okay um and what and year we was this what year my senior year okay i i have to add a little something i had already been accepted to medical school okay and i knew i was all alone doing the research and i knew i was going to graduate right and as long as i didn't do something to go to jail i was all right 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 uh, I'm not sure if that that in the back of my mind whether I would have I would have done it, but we made it clear that we weren't gonna we were gonna talk. They they had to call it off, and it was it was the only time in the history of Old South Day at Emory that it wasn't held. Now they still had the ball, okay, at the fraternity house because you know they did that, but as far as the marching around, when I say marching, they were on horses and then they had the carriages with the women with the. You know, the white oh, dresses, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Now, just okay. to put things into context, what else was going around in the country and in the greater... That, that was 60, that was 60, 66, 67. So we 67. were already having kind of some splintering in different communities and we were having... Yeah. Okay. But, right. but, but again, what so, we're talking about now is that we're going from the, the sit-in yeah, kind is, of, that was in you know, 63. marching in the early 60s yeah. to now it's taking on like a different kind of a mode is when you see... <laughs> Uh, when you saw the the um, uh, the, the the more militant was, part of right. the uh, so they were the not movement. trying to be in the spotlight nationally, I would suspect that they called it off strategically. Like this makes sense to call off. It's not like anybody had good intentions. Well, no, no, no. I no. think Emory did the right thing okay. because they didn't they, they didn't want us to get hurt. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think they want anyone to get hurt. Wonderful. Okay. And and so they so they can't so they forced them. They didn't they didn't stop what they were doing at the fraternity house because mm -hmm. that was just That's a party. That's right. just another weekend drunk mm -hmm. party. Right. But the, the 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 marching around, not marching around, but whatever you do with horses when you got twenty or thirty horses and whatever I mean, that's called. Yeah. yeah. Called right. a rodeo. I think it's very. Is that well, called a rodeo. <laughs> well. It, yeah. it, it, it's it's it, it's it's very intimidating. I can imagine when you when you see guys with you know on these horses and they got some confederate uniforms on they got confederate flags and things like that and you're thinking these are these are guys that go to class with every day these guys are guys that are gonna at some time at some point in time you know they're gonna have to work with people of color right uh and to uh to 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 think that that's okay mm was to me it it just showed well you know we, we still got we still got a long way to go it's called bigotry um yeah it's that too it's a lot of things it it, it what is all that based on fear it's based on fear um and you know it, it's it's coming up with those kind of things and then basically being in an environment i'm gonna tell you another another interesting story i got a lot of stories uh, someone's already told one, me. We're one again. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, we're having you on again for sure. Uh, I, when I was a senior at Emory, we were studying for, or maybe I was a junior. I was a junior. We were studying for finals. And so somebody, uh, and, I, and, and I was the second person to integrate the fraternity system at Emory. So I wasn't staying in the fraternity house then. I got an apartment off campus. And there was an apartment 
off-campus story too. But at that time, I was the person to go to McDonald's to get food for all of us that were studying in a fraternity house. And one of the young ladies, she was white, went with me to McDonald's. So we ain't thinking about nothing but getting some hamburgers some and some french fries. What year is this, roughly? 67, 68. Okay. I, was, okay. I, I graduated. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Hold on. Make sure I get This is 7071. Okay. Because I was a freshman at Emory in 67. Okay. So, man, it's, you know, it's 55 <laughs> years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> but we're going, we're going to food run. I saw the police parked in McDonald's parking lot when I pulled in. I didn't think anything about it because that's, that's what they do. You know I mean? They'll, you know, sure. that's what police do. So we went through the line, got food for everybody. And, uh, no, we didn't cause they didn't have drive through. I was about to ask no, no, you no, 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 they no. have drive throughs No, we didn't. <laughs> we went inside and got food. We okay? There, I got it. Okay. okay. Went inside, got food. And I mean, we had all these bad. I mean, it was a lot of food. I mean, it, it was probably, we were, it, we were having like a, a study party, and it probably were 15, 20 people. So that's a lot of, of food. Yeah. Went back, put the food in there, backed out, got, you know, went around to McDonald's. And then there's North Dakota Road, which is one of the main tracks that's near Emory. Uh-huh. And we had to. Traffic's coming this way. I have to go across the traffic to head back to Emory. Okay, traffic running um, north north uh, Druid Hills Road. Right, it runs east and west. Mm-hmm. So I had to go west to get back to Emory. So I pulled McDonald's, pulled out, and I saw him. You know, immediately the light Lights came on. on. So, right. so, so I pull over, and. Um, the officer said, get out of the car. And um, <laughs> me said something like, what did I do? And that really infuriated I mean, he really got yeah, mad. You said something. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't say it in a district. I said, what did I do? Right. I mean, the only thing I, only thing I did was I, I turned out of the McDonald's. I wasn't speeding. I, I, couldn't, I didn't go far enough to be speeding. Sure. Right. And so, uh, you know, I maybe probably shouldn't have shared it, said anything, but it wasn't disrespectful. I knew better than that. Right. Sure. So while he's talking to me, you know, you know, I'm getting my license, very careful about sure. yeah. <laughs> like that. They're talking to the young lady that's with me. And they're asking for her driver's license. And I'm thinking to myself, what did she do? She didn't even dri- she no, didn't she drive. Was, no, she was white with a black guy. Yeah. In 1970, 71. Okay. Right. Okay. So, um, I'm still standing. They, they didn't tell me, you know, they pat me down and like that, but I'm standing outside the car. And um, and so they went back, two of them went uh, back in the car. They still had a driver's license. And they came back, gave her a driver's license. They came up and talked to me. And they said, what you all do on the Emory campus? That's between you and Emory. So we don't bring this kind of stuff out. What's getting food? McDonald's. No, no, no. no. With a Very white girl. girl. I, I know. Girl. I know. Uh, uh, right. Getting food. That's all we're doing. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so anyway, so um, we, you know, we, we, it wasn't scary per se, 
but it should have been scary for me right because of things that have happened sure. to people other than me in in, in, in the, the you know in the future so we get back and um, uh, her dad was the uh, was the uh, chairperson over the economics department at, at, at Emory and so I found out the next day that they had gotten her address and went back to her house. And apparently her her sister was like, 11, her youngest sister was 11, and she answered the door and it said, Is, are your parents at home? And so she, she was thinking the story that maybe something happened or something. Sure. And so we need to talk to your parents because we, we need to make sure that they know who she's with. Now, so they, they talk to an 11-year-old about, about this. And so she said, she said no, she said, uh, they're, they're in a fraternity, you know, they're all friends. And they, this 11-year-old sure. told her, do you have friends like that too? This is Holy the place asking the 11-year-old. The 11-year-old, her, her, youngest, sure. her youngest sister. And so, um, I mean, when, 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 when her parents got there, I mean, they wondered what she, you know, she was crying, she was upset, and she sure. explained it to them. And, uh, and so, it was like... That's heartbreaking. What, yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm saying is, is that that was, that was the level of ignorance. In the early it, it 70s, ignorance. even. Well, I mean, it, it, you know... It's too. Are you kidding me? You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, you know, it, it's because... So, I've always been the way I am. You know, I, <laughs> I'm happy to say though, Stevie. I mean, having four kids and and a I white think, wife. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think they. Uh, I don't think they see that. I hope not. And well, they, they probably don't. One, it's it's based on what you're brought up like. Obviously, we don't see it. My yeah. wife doesn't see it, so they don't see it. And I hope not. I will say. Well, I mean, there's. From that aspect, I think things are better. You know what I mean? That you well, know, well, maybe. So. See, here's the thing: the difference now is, um, to me, is that racism, prejudice, bigotry, whatever term you want to use, all of that is rooted in fear. The difference now, and when I was a teenager or a young adult, and some of the experiences that I've had uh, as a person of color uh, in the South. And again, let me say this. I spent four years in New York, mm -hmm. in Manhattan. And because Columbia is on 163rd Street, which is upper Manhattan, off mm -hmm. Broadway. Um, I actually thought, and I was naive enough to think this, that the North was better. It's not. No. It's really not. It's different. But it's the same, it's, it's the same I, I say same spirit. And that spirit says, I'm better than you because... See, just because I look different than because you don't look like me, I'm better than you. Living in New York for a couple of years, there's layers to that conversation. Okay, so you understand York. what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's not just black and white, yeah. you know what I mean? There's yeah, also some upper white, lower white, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but yeah, see, there's layers but, to it. But, it, but, but the, thing, mm -hmm. the thing is, is that it's not based, sometimes it's based upon um, class, a uh, person who is poor, uh, but... It's 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 more it's it's more deep seated than that. Sure. You know, I can live in a community where maybe X number of years ago a black person couldn't afford to live in that community because uh, I'm a physician and I have above average income. But you can live in a neighborhood and the neighborhood be integrated, mm -hmm. 
but your neighbors treat you the same way as you were treated. They're cordial, but they don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> You're talking about but, now? Now. Well, they might, I mean, I live, they I might, live, know, I, they I, might I, know me. <laughs> I, I, li- I live in one of the nicest communities in, 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 uh, in Evans, and I've not been in any home. I've been there 10 years. Okay. And uh, it's, it's okay because I don't take it. I don't take it personally. Yeah, Brian was about to say. I, I, don't, I don't. But it's the same. Have you had anybody in your home? Yeah, I have. I have. See, my, my parents didn't raise me to be like that. Gotcha. And uh, and and part of it is you have to you you have to you have to be taught how to hate. Right. Right. The no, natural no, thing it, for a human being is to love. It, you're the same way. You love. I mean, well, and I was about, and that's I what I was saying earlier in the conversation that it comes from the parents, and maybe that's. The slow way out of this eventually, you know. But, well, I think uh, the only way out of it is love, sure. because how do you how do you explain, for example, uh, in Africa, where all those people basically to me they look they look alike, mm-hmm. but they actually to them they don't look alike. Right. So right. tribal. <laughs> sure. Well, no, I no, mean, it true. makes no that's sense true. to me. Right. So it's tribal. It doesn't matter where thing. you are. People do yeah. that. People. So. <laughs> <laughs> so so what so what happens true, is is that India's until the, the heart way. is changed, India, same yeah, way. Yeah, and, and see, until the heart is changed, then it's all superficial to me. And the only person that can change your heart is that person. Yes, right, very, very much so. Kids have to be taught how to hate. Yeah. Whether it's in the sixties, seventies, two thousand twenties, it doesn't matter. They have to be taught well, to hate. Kids fight. I mean, they, they, you know, they go tell their mama, generally their mama, not their daddy, yes, go tell their exactly. mama. And then the mamas are fussing about what about something. The kids are playing. Right. Uh, Stevie Wonder did a song, and it says, With a child's heart, nothing will ever get you down. With a child's heart, there's no reason to frown. Life is as easy as a sunny, sunny day. Those kind of things. That's, That's what a child is. Yeah. And see, yeah. and unless human beings, I don't believe that it will happen in any of our lifetimes. Learn that if you don't if you don't love, meaning treat another person in a way that you want to be treated, you can pass all the laws you want to. All the laws did was made it illegal not to serve a person that right. you didn't want to serve. It didn't change the fact that you didn't want to serve them. Right. I was a short order cook in Atlanta, and this was I was seventeen. It was the summer before, the summer before my senior year, because because I'm born in January, I had to wait a year to start school. So I actually was seven in the first grade instead of six. So I was I was short order cook at this at this you know like it's like a little restaurant you know they have things around it looks like a little counter and then they have the little tables and and um, I enjoyed it and I learned how to cook. My grandma really taught me how to cook, but I learned how to be a short order cook. And also, you know, I would bust the tables and things like that. That was just part of part of the job. I didn't have to wash the dishes because I didn't have time to do that because I had was cooking. So one day I came in. I wasn't working that Friday, and I came in. I'm 17, maybe 18, to get my little yellow envelope because they didn't take out Social Security tax, stuff like that. It was just cash. And so I came in to get my, my pay, and I'm thinking – uh, okay, I'm going to sit down at the counter until, uh, this is where I work, until the guy can bring my envelope. 
and the and the owner, and I'd never seen him like that. Now there had never been any black people in that in that restaurant. But he said, What are you doing? I said, what do you mean? He said, You're not allowed to sit out here. I'm the cook. <laughs> and you're in there working. No, no, no. I was off there. Yeah, I, 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 I you worked there and you can't sit out. I, I was going to get my money. Right. Okay? I was going to get my money. I gotcha. Uh and I mean it, it was Was it he was white like, or black? No, 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 no black people ever ate there. This was 1967, okay. 1966, 67. Um, so he was saying this is a rule. He wasn't it, saying this is culturally. You're no, no, what, he's, what he was saying was that it didn't matter what I did, I was not going to sit at the counter. Got it. Okay. Got no, it. Got no, it. no, no, I wasn't going to do that. Well, look. I mean, that was the last time I, I that, that was next to the last time. I actually went back and I, I had a, I had a, uh, you know, just like in the Bible, you know, Jesus' Last Supper right. kind of thing. I had my last dinner, and I won't tell you what I did, but it was one of the most wonderful cooking experiences I've ever had. Okay. I, I don't don't ask me because I'm not going to tell you what I did. At least not while we're recording. <laughs> not not <laughs> while we're recording, because <laughs> then it becomes hearsay. Yeah, okay. yep, yep. If I if I tell well, you why this thing's on, then it because because I actually did it, but that's you, another story. You spark something in my mind to think okay. through that you wonder if ultimately this will ever completely change because i think through we were kind of joking about it a second ago but like in india for you guys everybody that's from india probably looks the same in fact i get mistaken for somebody from the middle east and northern africa sometimes and all that but in <coughs> india you know everybody can see that people look different and are from different parts and there's bigotry there i know you yeah, know but, what but I, mean? see, I, I know so, that yeah you know, know i understand so, maybe the average person who doesn't look at History yeah. and things like that, but I'm a history buff. But they don't. I mean, it's, there's I, I, I no know reason. about India. In, so in India, not, it may be worse because of the caste system. Very much, and the <clears> tribalism, <throat> I guess, will probably never go away, regardless mm -hmm. of it. Maybe it's the tribalism that's more the issue than skin color yeah. or anything mm -hmm. else. Well, look, I, um, I would like to, you know, we like Stevie was saying, it'd be cool to do this again. Yeah. Yes, you know what I mean? Because there's so much in. to talk about. We can literally sit here all day well, and listen. Well, to see, you. I haven't even gotten to medical school. Well, that's yet, what I'm bro. saying. I've gotten to private practice. I'm gotten into, uh, you know, it, it's like sharing stories yeah. well, to me or, or things that happened. And, well, these and are I, gold. These are gold. Uh, huh? These are gold. Can, could well, we, well, can we do it again? We no? can. Okay. But, you know, the, the thing is, is that I think that you have to come to a point where it is a, it's light. In other words, it's not like, oh, my God, you know, dealing <laughs> with people that, that like that and treating you like that. It really is something that there, there's so many stories that still need to be told I, we, so we people will understand that. In the vein of what we were talking about a minute ago, you shared after Mr. King was assassinated, you met his father. I did. I, wanna, I, yeah. wanna, I want you yeah. to kind of re-talk about that really okay. quick with Stevie before you close up, just maybe as a closing okay. remark for this time. Okay. You know? Well, uh, I, when I went to private practice, I left Emory, <laughs> and um, I... I, um, I got a lot of referrals. I was a rheumatologist. And one day, you know, uh, my office manager, she came in. She said, she's Dr. Graham. She said, um, there are like some security people out in the waiting room with this man. And, and his name is, uh, is, is Martin King. And I said, okay. I said, uh, what's the problem? She said, it's like they got guns and stuff. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they mean business. Well, well, I knew who he was. Right. And it was, you know, he was affectionately known as Daddy King. Okay. And okay. it was Martin Luther King Sr. Yeah, it was Daddy King. 
And he every place he went, he had security. I don't blame and, him. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Well, Toledo, well but, but again, now, 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 see, now we're moving forward into the uh, 80s, into the 90s. Right. Okay. Every place he went, probably one of the, um, he could have been a comedian. He was a preacher. But he could have been a comedian because he was so funny. Yeah. And he had all of these stories that he would that he shared with me, and so we we it's like we became kind of like buddies. Mm-hmm. And he would uh, I remember when I first started seeing him, he said, uh, no, "Doc," actually he didn't call me Doc, called me Boy, and <laughs> it's Boy. I answer to that, but see here, no, no, I don't. I do. <laughs> well. He I earned did. the right to call me whatever right. he wanted. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. What his wife was assassinated in church. Martin was assassinated. One his of his other sons son. drowned. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had gone through so much tragedy. And a lot of things that we talked about, it wasn't about the arthritis that he had. It was stories that he would share with me about his life. And I asked him, I said, aren't you bitty? He said, no. He said, because I can't control things like that. His wife was was gunned down during a church service. I mean, the the guy shot her while she was basically in the pulpit of of the church that he was passing. I believe it was, was, I I get Wheat Street and Ebenezer, I believe it was Ebenezer Baptist Church Uh in Atlanta. Well, he would, would, uh, after he had come up a couple of times, and I'll I'll finish the story, Um, he said, the arthritis is better, but I need some samples. And I said, Daddy King, you ought to stop. He said, what do you mean stop? I said, you know you can afford it. He said, no, I can't. And then he shared the story with me about the perception that because he was Martin Luther King's father, that he had money mm-hmm. or he had, uh, he was affluent. He wasn't. Uh-huh. And, you know, I thought he, because he used to joke with me so much. I thought he was just, you know, he's just joking with me. Right. But he was serious about it. Right. And, uh, and so I made sure he had his medicine. And, uh, and every time he came, I made sure, I knew, I knew when he was coming, because you almost have to prepare patients for stuff like that. Um, but um, one of the finest human beings I've ever known, no bitterness in his heart, no hatred towards anybody. Isn't that amazing? It was amazing to me. And uh, I remember I was his rheumatologist, but when he got sick, because he had heart, he had heart disease, he had heart failure. He didn't. Uh, uh, there, there was a doctor who took care of the black elite in Atlanta, and I'm not going to call his name. I mean, everybody, I me, mean, I think he's he's passed away now. But he actually was one of my attendants at Grady uh, when I was doing my internship. And what happened was that he uh, they took him to the hospital. And he told him, he said, don't call him. He said, call Dr. Graham. Now, his family didn't know me from Adam mm-hmm. or Eve or anybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he refused to be admitted. And it was it, it was Hugh Spaulding Hospital, which had been the only hospital. In, well, there were two hospitals in Atlanta where blacks could go when they couldn't go to the other hospitals other than Grady. And Hugh Spaulding was one of them. And he refused to be admitted until they called me. I was, I was on staff there. I was on staff at, you know, several hospitals at that time in private practice. And they asked me, you know, that, you know, he's, he, he, he needs to be in the hospital. He's, he's in heart failure, but he said, you're the only person that he wants to take care of them. I said, I'm not his primary doctor. And he said, he don't care. 
He said, he said, tell him to get down here right now. And so, you know, I mean, I kind of shut my practice down and, and kind of told people I got an emergency at the hospital. And he would not leave the admissions office until I got there. Goodness. So what I'm saying is, is that it, it were was one of the most special relationships that I've had in my that. life. And so I admitted him and then um, and got everything squared away. And, and I came into my office and about maybe an hour or so after I got in there, I said, uh, WSB is on the phone. They want to talk to you. WSB is Channel 2 in Atlanta, mm -hmm. which is an NBC affiliate. <clears throat> and I said, well, don't talk to me. I said, they want to talk to you about Dr. King. I mean, with, well, Reverend King. Reverend King. Was HIPAA around? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Was, that was the next question. <laughs> no, Sorry. no, it wasn't. It was just hip. If it was, it was somebody mispronouncing, <laughs> yeah. you know, being, being hip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're hipper than hip, then you, it's hipper or whatever. You were thinking you're Mr. They, they, they didn't ask me. If you were king, you could talk about it. They weren't going to ask me. They didn't ask me what was wrong with them or anything like that. They wanted to know how he was doing. Got it. And I basically told him he was doing better. And another thing I will ever remember, I'll never forget, I was in his room. And we were talking, and he, you know, he had his Bible, and he would have like, I did this sermon on June the sixth, nineteen thirty-four, and he was saying I was talking about this, and he started talking about it, as if it was then. He was in his eighties then, right? And Ann walked Coretta. Okay. That's the first time I had ever met her. Okay. And uh, that was an interesting encounter because you don't know how a person is or what a person's been through. You just you see them on TV or you know, you hear them on the radio or something, but you know what? Think about what she went through mm. uh, as a human being. Um, you know, basically, um, uh, the, the 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 tragedy of her husband being assassinated and then raising kids right. and things like that. But um, that was, you know, that was one of the more interesting experiences for me as a as a physician was taking care of him and then understanding. What 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 it, what real life was for him as opposed to what I thought it was right. because of what his last name was right. well, and the fact that he's not now, bitter after now, now, here, now, now, now this is this is called a tease. Next time, if I ever get to do this again, I'll tell you about the time that I took care of Prince. Oh, I gotta hear that for sure. Hope you didn't prescribe him anything. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going. That's a tease. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but All I did. Right. But I. But I. But I, I was his physician for one day. Okay. Well, let, well, let's do this again. Thank it'll you be, so it'll much. It'll be my pleasure. Dr. Graham, so much. Thank you so much for coming. Obviously, I don't have a problem talking. <laughs> well, it gives folks, enjoyed it. even if they're not, uh, for young people, really young people, or uh, folks, Stevie and my age, and people that are just in general and they're not early aware, 20s. We're, it gives us a glimpse into the past. Yeah, a, and we a need real this. glimpse into we the past. We need this. You know? So thank you. Okay. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting oh, me. Absolutely. Next time.